Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. You know, open adoption has really become the trend, and I love that. I always encourage open adoption when moms come in, unless there is a reason that closed adoption would really benefit the entire triad. I really push and encourage open adoption. I think it's, it's beautiful. It often begins with promises and commitments on everybody's part and on behalf of the birth mother and the adoptive parents. When an adoption is finalized, there is something called a post-adoption communication agreement, and this is entered into the adoption decree as well. Uh, Some states make it legally enforceable. Other states, um, it's not legally enforceable, but it's still an agreement that is entered into the court. Now, where does Arizona stand with the enforceability? It is legally enforceable. Okay. It is. Uh, And that's why when there's an adoption out of state, they kind of go by Arizona's well, so it depends the, on where the adoption is finalized. Okay. So you can take an Arizona. So in other words, if you have, if you're adopt, if you're going to finalize in a state that doesn't enforce the post-adoption communication agreement, mm-hmm. you you can still have one. It's just not enforced in that state. In the other state. So okay. because that's where it's finalized. Now, if they, we Arizona doesn't finalize out-of-state adoptions here. That's not something that we as a state do. Right. So it's not like if you were in X state that doesn't. Uh, recognize them <clears throat> as legally enforceable that you could then do in Arizona. You can't do that. But generally speaking, the adoptive parents and the birth mother, to some degree at least, try to right follow the absolutely you know, guides of the. And PACA. what's so interesting to me is is oftentimes birth mothers are very worried that the the adoptive families won't follow through on their end and they won't uh, stick with the plan. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is. In my experience, it's actually not the adoptive families. More often than not, it's the birth mother. Right. And it's not that she has a commitment that she has to follow. I mean, she's not obligated to provide letters and pictures, but sometimes it's tough. And sometimes Mm -hmm. she just needs a little bit of a break to clear her head and find peace again. Families often struggle with the lack of communication after a birth mother has placed a baby for adoption. They want that communication. You know, they both sides were fearful prior to the adoption happening right. of what it was going to look like and how it was going to really pan out. 
you know, some adoptive families have the irrational fear of a mother is going to come, a birth mother is going to come and knock on the window and take the baby. And that's, that's not reality. The woman is placing the baby with you because she wants the baby with you. Right. She's not placing the baby with you so she can come in the middle of the night and take the baby back. That's not what this is. And the birth mothers are afraid that the adoptive families are going to take the babies and cut off all communication. And again, that's not what we see. Has it ever happened in situations where there was a concern on behalf of the adoptive family about the appropriateness of the relationship Mm -hmm. and the behavior and so forth around the child? In that situation, I have seen there be a disconnect for a while. And then um, that would have been deemed appropriate. In what you've seen, does that usually change? Like, okay, so if they disconnect, you said for a while, does that ever... Sure. So let's say that a birth mother has had a visit with uh, the child and Mm -hmm. maybe she came high to the visit and was not really appropriate. The family may be hesitant to do that again for a while. And, you know, if the birth mother then becomes clean and is able to resume the visitation. Okay. So then it'll kind of self-correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that happens sometimes. And I I can't say how often I see an adoption set up with the parameters, you know, letters and pictures. And as an agency, we use Child Connect. So it's an, it's, its own entity. Mm-hmm. And they start off on one level. And then it just takes off and it blossoms into this beautiful relationship. Wow. And... It's no longer, oh, letters and pictures three times a year. It's, oh, no, we have separate phone lines that we set up that we talk on and we exchange pictures. <laughs> the bat line, and, the adoption yeah, bat line. Okay. absolutely. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's beautiful. And that's always the goal is to have this, this relationship where it's extended family. Not co-parenting, but extended family. Right. Like she's part of the family as well. The birth mother is, right? Right. You know, when a... Birth mother chooses open adoption. She may, she has the ability to watch her child grow and thrive and not wonder or worry about what's happening. Uh, The birth mother's current and future children have the opportunity to connect with that child. The birth mother can feel confident that she, you know, will have contact between the family and her child. She she knows that that's going to happen. Having a secure and positive relationship with the adoptive parents can help her feel really confident and reassured in her adoption choice. That brings a lot of peace. It also brings peace to the adoptive family when a birth mother is in the life. Because when they adopt the baby, they, in essence, fall in love with the birth mother because of this beautiful gift they've given them. They've made She's made them a family. Right. And they love her and they care about her. And when... She distances herself if she chooses to because she's struggling. Sometimes it's very hard. We have adoptive families where the birth mothers have have drifted away, calling us saying, have you heard from her? Have you had any contact with her? You know, has she come and checked on the pictures? Have you heard anything? We're really worried. So, you know, maybe the open adoption was not really with the birth mother vision. Maybe she really wanted to, you know, place the baby, know the baby was safe and in a good home and, and move on with her life. Right. And she wasn't ready to really take on this new relationship. And and she didn't realize that until afterwards. Sometimes she just needs time. Sometimes it's not that the adoptive family has done anything wrong. It's not that she regrets any of aspects of her decision. Her choice, right. It just, she just may need time. Well, I think that's 
I don't know. I it, maybe this is analogous, or maybe it's not. But like when my son was, you know, in his teens and in high school, I didn't hear from him a whole lot, and he was hanging out with friends, doing his thing, doing homework, and doing school, and it worried me. And I thought. You know, I would call. I wouldn't get a call back. I'd text, or actually it was more email at the time, but I would, you know, try and stay in contact without being overbearing. But yeah, it it's scary. It's like, am I going to have a son? Is he done with I me? Think or that's totally a great analogy. Because exactly. he did. He, and he did come back to me and he's like, I want to hang out and I want to do that. And it was kind of at a perfect time because it, it, even now thinking about the situation, I'm kind of getting it was just a season yeah it was a season in his life exactly like we've talked about right and i think that's exactly what it is that there are seasons in life where you may be you and him may be thick as thieves and Mm -hmm. super close and there may be other seasons where you're not as close and it doesn't mean the love's not there or the respect or anything else no it just means at that time in your life that it's yeah and I want to start playing the cats in the cradle or something. <laughs> Don't because I'm going to I'm, I'm that song gets me every single time. Oh, it's the best and worst at the same time. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with worst because it's just the the parental guilt. Yeah, yeah. The parental guilt of all the what have should have could have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. And Little tangent there. I no, didn't absolutely. <laughs> so because open adoption is beneficial for both sides the birth mother and the adoptive family. Uh-huh. I think that when a birth mother starts to, to drift away, the most important thing you can do is remain constant and consistent. Keep putting those pictures. Keep putting on the pictures and letters up. And, Give yeah. her time. Reassure her in the messages. You're not going anywhere, that you're here and that you love her enough to wait for her. And you've talked before about how sometimes they'll come back after a long time of and just be inundated with pictures and letters that they hadn't seen yet for the past whatever six months and it just i think that's kind of neat you know because it's always there it is it is it is neat and sometimes when they come back after and they resurface they come back after not being there for a while and they see the letters and pictures they're in a different place in their life Mm -hmm. and they're able to take the relationship to another level. Whereas maybe they had to go and grow in their own life and and find themselves before they were able to be the person to be a a part of the open adoption that they really wanted to be. And I think that, like you said, that adolescent stage where it's hard on parents, but again, it's kind of a blessing because Mm -hmm. if they didn't pull away a little bit in adolescence, we'd never let them leave at 18, right? Right. (laughs) And so it's like preparing you know, to to push the eagle out yeah. of the nest and fly, baby bird. Yeah, and you just hope and pray that they will. And I think you kind of have to do the same thing with a birth mom. You know, when she when she ghosts or just takes off, right? You hope that she will fly, and you hope that she'll return to her nest. You just want that all nest always to be there, ready right. for her to come. And back. I would say just stay consistent mm-hmm. and. Just because she's not emotionally, physically, mentally present in the relationship doesn't mean the relationship's over or it stops. Right. It just means that she needs some time. She's in that season. Yes. Okay. And you got to let her fly. Hi, my name is Sherelle. I'm doing my adoption journey. It was kind of 
like a last minute thing to consider because I just, in my mind, um, me and my husband was going through some uh, issues, separation issues. Um, you know, we have three other children. Oh, still in denial of, oh, well, I'm pregnant again, but uh, I was still in my, I was in my first trimester and I knew in my heart I didn't want to abort my baby. So I was looking for other options and my friend mentioned, oh, won't you Google and look for Dr. Chasey? So I did and it had uh, a journal one that was in California and then um, I kept going down the list and then I found BAF and then I called just right away. I think it was like three or something afternoon and, and look, I called and he was like, oh, yeah, you could come right now. We closed that fourth day, but you could come right now. And it was just like perfect. So we hired up and drove uh, to the office of BAF and then I met uh, one of the agents here for the first time and she, you know, uh, confided in me and uh, went through the process. Just, so just let me know, you know, you know, hey, it's a good choice, making a good choice. And I've seen all the expensive and benefits of, you know, of the family and let me know that, hey, I, you know, I get to pick the family. So we was able to, you know, go down the line. I think we had three families to pick and we, me and my husband, he, he uh, just said, hey, you know, this family kind of mirror like, you know, the type of lifestyle we are, cause we are family oriented, you know, and we, we like to travel and stay physically active and they look like they was doing a lot of that. And I read a little bit of their story and we went ahead and picked them and, you know, I would say from this day that I, I'm happy with the decision I made that we picked this family. I only say it's a, a open draft. I said they I call them the extended family. You know, they got to meet my my other three kids. They know who they are. You know, they communicate with us, send us pictures. You know, even little videos here and even let me know, like, hey, you know, if you're going to talk, don't be afraid to, you know, send a message to me or reach out to me. So I, I love that because it does feel like they are an extended part of our family. We're not just, you know, giving our child here. You know, we'll see pictures here and there really a part of the family. So if anything, I said we, you know, we got a win-win situation and we put our child up there and know that he'll be taken care of and then we got blessed with another part of the family too as well. So I'm very happy with the decision I made and I'm glad that at the time, whatever emotional decision I was feeling, my husband and I didn't agree with grief, said, hey, let's just, you know, let go our child. Cause I was, uh, that decision was not an option for me. Even though we did have three ch other children, we was in a, a situation that could go left or right. I was stressing God, like, no, I'm not going to give it a shot either. You know, if we're going to find a family for him or we're we just going to toughen it out. And I was grateful because I couldn't be AF. They had counseling and let me know, hey, it's okay. You know, decision happens in life. They relax me, you know, because women, especially in that situation, like all our emotions and hormones are like here. You know, you get anxious and worried, like, oh, what if? And it's helped me to relax and not think about the what is, but look at the positive, um, even cite positive affirmation, like, hey, you're a good mother. You know, you have three other ones, you're doing a good thing. And I love that, you know, and a lot of people don't say it, say it, but counseling is good. Like some people get the wrong option about, so it's a mediator. But actually, it, it really is. It's more than just being a mediator in the situation. It's helping you um, emotionally and mentally, you know, stay stable. And I'm grateful for BF for that. They was there to emotionally support me. And even I was a little, I was upset at my husband at the time, grateful that he did come um, and was there to support me during my um, time for us, you know, um, to give birth to, to our son. And I'm grateful for that. I think I made a very good decision with that. So I love BAF for that. They have been there to support me um, in many ways, not just um, emotionally to help make decisions with housing or finances. They, they support you in all ways to make you feel 
that you're, you know, genuinely meet you're important. I'm important. I'm not just a mother out there giving up a child. So I'm happy for that. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and start it on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.